Welcome to Love This Bitch, the podcast that teaches you how to love your life and accomplish your goals through self-compassion and self-coaching. Now here's your host, MBA and Master Certified Professional Life Coach, Lisa Oglesby. Hello, my loves. Happy, as always, to have you here again today. I hope that you enjoyed last week's episode, which was the first ever interview episode I've ever done on this podcast. If any of you have listened to the Vibrant Life Allies podcast that I used to do, um, it's still out there and available, um, but that was where I I interviewed different coaches and experts weekly, and, and we talked about, you know, the different things that coaches could do for people and, you know, gave practical tips as well as introducing people to coaches, but also, you know, I had the experts and the coaches on there to talk about different mindsets and, and give the tips that they could in this in this platform of a podcast to the audience. So it was um, a really interesting mission for me to help, you know, share more about coaching, but also, you know, give that free resource to people like I'm doing here on this show and also educate you know, people about the different types of coaching and all the different skills and areas of life that you can work on with a coach. But so last week's episode, I, you know, had someone reach out to me. It was Coach Coach Mark Neff, and he remembered my other podcast, and we had known each other for a long time in the online space, but um, he didn't know I wasn't doing it anymore. But I was happy to have him on here because, like I said, his book was just super relatable, and there was so much in there, and we talked about the the perfectionism and fear of failure and vulnerability and, and being your authentic self. And, you know, he just has had so many very interesting life experiences and some of them quite painful, but you know they've they have brought him to a place where he is able to share and help others. Whether you've had something, as we talked about, you know that painful or that traumatic, or if you are just wanting to manage things in your life as they are now, so that you know they don't get to a place that that might be you know more difficult. And it was just a beautiful conversation, and, and he he's a beautiful individual. And so if you haven't checked that out, I hope that you will. But there was also an interesting quote that he said that he he didn't mention where he'd gotten it from, but it ties into something that we talk about a lot here. And he said that someone had once told him, don't expect yourself in other people. I, I'd never, you know, heard it said quite that way, but that is something, like I said, that we talk about all the time. You know, we have our manual for how you know, things should be and how you should respond to situations, how you show you care, how, you know, you support people, how to be grateful, how to be involved, how to show that you're engaged, you know, all these different life situations. We have our own manual for it. And we've talked about how that creates tension because other people aren't us. And, you know, that's where we we get a lot of pain and, and disappointment is, when we're expecting other people to give us back to us (laughs) because we think, you know, that this is how you show you care or, you know, this is how you treat someone. And we sometimes can, can't see beyond that and can't understand, you know, where another person's coming from. And it's, it's simply because we are different people and we have very different experiences. And so, you know, we're born with very different brains and then we live different lives and our brains interpret that information differently. 
even, you know, I just got back from my visit not too long ago with my family. My brother and I, we grew up in the the same household, um, the same parents. Uh, we were, you know, fortunate that our parents, you know, have been together all their lives. And so we were uh, had a family unit with, with both biological parents there. And I say fortunate, you can have a different setup and also be fortunate. <laughs> so I'm not excluding that at all. But I'm just saying it was exactly the same setup, you would think. But <laughs> it was one of those situations where you, you do it one way with the first kid and you try it a different way with the other kid. So we do have a lot of interesting overlapping things. Like, you know, we, we were both very afraid of, of things, what could go wrong and, and, you know, like drowning. You know, we both worry about the kids and, and deep water and his kids, my niece and nephew and things like that. Like we get really worried about situations. But then, you know, where I later in life developed my germ or my contamination OCD, my brother doesn't understand that at all. And, you know, he and, and my father will sometimes team up <laughs> on me it seems and start picking apart well but what about this and what about that and this doesn't make sense and you know it's like well yeah I know it's that's how OCD works I know that it doesn't make sense and yet they both you know have their own OCDs about things but they don't understand mine and that's interesting right we we all three have OCD but there's no <laughs> understanding sometimes of each other's uh, quirks as it may be but you know so my brother and I we both have that but then you know we ha we've had very very different reactions my brother you know from having a, a father who was law enforcement and growing up in a religious family he's always you know been kind of not anti-authority <laughs> he doesn't get in trouble or anything but just more of when it would not want the yoke of authority on him whereas I feel like you know when authority makes sense I like it it makes me feel safe I know the rules if the rules make sense to me I do admit that it has to make sense to me <laughs> I don't like people to impose authority that I don't believe they legitimately have that's a thing I, I, I get a little frustrated with but I like a good set of rules so that you know we can be on the same page and and know, and know what's right or what's safe in, in a certain situation whereas my brother is more one to rebel or push away so we're just we're just very different even though we grew up in that same environment and some of the things made us have similar manifestations um and yet we also have our own spin on things and we don't you know com we don't understand each other a lot of times which is which is perfectly fine and you know, as I come back from these trips, I have examples. And what brought this up was, you know, and I, I don't always have the easiest reactions with family. I've talked about that before. I coach myself on that sometimes. And, you know, we've talked about it just in general. Sometimes family can push our buttons like like no one else can. So even if, as I say here, that I, I, I'm good with something, do not think that I mean always good at dealing with family because I'm not. I'm not perfect and definitely am not putting that out there. But a lot of times I am able to accept my brother just as he is. Again, not saying I don't get frustrated with him. and But I am a lot of times able with him for some reason to accept things more easily and not have the thought that it means something about our relationship or how he feels about me. 
And a really good example of that came up while I was there visiting this April. I was actually there on the day of my birthday. Me and my niece and nephew, as I've mentioned before, we all have birthdays in April. So I usually always go visit my family in April, but I'm not always there on my date, my actual birthday. But this year I was. And so my brother lives on a piece of land that my fa- my mother and father also own. So it's like in this place out in the country um, and it's been passed down in the family. It, it's not a, a big area, but it's enough that different family members live there. But it's walking distance to my brother's house from my parents' house. I mean, and, uh, we're talking a very short walk, like a five minute or less walk. <laughs> my nephew often, you know, comes over and Lily and I stay at my parents' house and um, he'll leave at like 11 o'clock at night and just walk in the dark over to his dad's house. He's, it's that short and familiar of a walk. He doesn't even need a flashlight. But so my birthday came and we were all having dinner at my parents' house and, you know, I invited my brother and he did not come. <laughs> And he did not even say he was not going to come. He just, I texted him like, hey, you coming for dinner for my birthday? And there was no response and he did not show up. So that would be a no. (laughs) Like I live far away. I only see him like twice a year. And he did not walk across the yard for my birthday dinner. (laughs) He did uh, show up before I was it either the day uh, before I was going to leave he did show up and tell me goodbye but he also showed up sometime between my birthday and me leaving and uh, saw me briefly and gave me a a birthday card (laughs) but you know my brother he sees my parents a lot more than I do and he and dad tend to you know get at each other a lot I mean we we get along we love each other there's no big issues or not that they'd be big but there's there's no real drama there but they just they tend to fight and so sometimes they hang out a lot and then sometimes he's got to have his space and so I know that about him I know sometimes he'll come over and sometimes they hang out and sometimes he's not gonna he's gonna be in a time where he needs to be by himself he's also very involved in his social life and his friends and their lives you know he's often got plans and things he's doing for his home and for you know with his friends and he's got all that going on you know, I was actually able to look at that and not, I didn't have the thought, you know, my brother isn't going to walk over here for my birthday dinner. He doesn't care about me or we don't have a good relationship. This, you know, he'd rather be with his friends. He'd rather be doing stuff at his home, you know, and maybe some of those, I don't remember that, but I was like, maybe there was a moment where some of that occurred to me, but there was I didn't believe those thoughts. They didn't take any root and I didn't have any feelings associated with them other than a little, you know, a little disappointment, of course, that he wasn't coming, but I didn't have any kind of, you know, negative feelings that hung around about it because uh, that was just my brother. He, (laughs) he's not big on family things and he was, had his reasons that he didn't want to come over that night. And that doesn't mean that he doesn't care. It just, to him, it did not register that he had to come over for that event, that it was some, you know, like, I am I am an adult, you know. He didn't have to be like, oh, it's her birthday. This is a special night. I must see her on this night. Like, <laughs> he didn't have that thought. And that's perfectly fine. I was able to accept that and accept 
him having that thought and still love him and know that it didn't mean anything because we just see that differently. You know, I would walk over to his house. I don't drive home for his birthday. I do drive it for his children's birthday. So, you know, he doesn't make anything of that. And, you know, what's good about that is that I I can remind myself of that when I'm in situations with other people (laughs) where it may not be as easy to to deal with and even you know sometimes with other family members even if it is something that it's like I know that's how they are I know that's how they've always been you know there can still be stories and thoughts about it and it could get frustrating or annoying so again I'm not saying that I'm perfect and I've got this down but I do know that you know what it feels like to see it and see it play out and I think in a really good situation that's very clear you know I think probably some of you even hearing that I I I know that you would think what he couldn't even come over for your birthday no no that's not (laughs) like you're like no no that's not right and see I understand that right I I understand that I've can't say that if, if it hadn't hit me on the right day I wouldn't have gone down that same path myself but thankfully in this situation I'm also I was able to realize that, you know, that's my brother's a different person and we don't, he doesn't see it that way. And he was not in any way thinking that that would cause me a minute's upset or pain. He didn't mean it that way. And and he does care about me. It just didn't register the same for him. And I know that to be true. So I didn't let it get to me. And I think that that is a the hard part of, a, of the practice can be that, that vulnerability, right? Like reaching out, hey, it's my birthday, come over, and allowing the person to say no, and, you know, then being willing to deal with that, being open to not judging them and not judging your own reaction. And I think that is a, an, an important part to it, you know, when we're opening up to someone and being vulnerable you know, allowing them to also be themselves and react how they're going to be doesn't necessarily mean that you won't be hurt. Like in that situation, I I wasn't. It doesn't necessarily mean that. But when you put yourself out there like that, it's good to be prepared not to judge them, right? It like not to react immediately and to let them be themselves, but also to know that you know, you can and you will work through your thoughts and feelings about that. Because it would be great if every time, you know, like we, like I talked about, when, when you're opening up to someone, and we've talked about this in other episodes, and you're stepping out to be vulnerable, that's a hard practice. And it's because you care about that person and you want to let them in and let them see this part of you. But that's one hard part of it. And the other hard part is, you know, letting them be who they are while you're trying to be who who you are and, you know, not taking whatever they say or do as a rejection. You know, like if you requested something from a partner, you know, I would like us to do this. And they, so now you've opened up, you've asked for something, it may have been hard for you, and you have to be willing to let them be themselves. So when they say, no, that doesn't, I'm not doing that, Does that doesn't work for me. Right. That doesn't mean you're not going to be hurt by that, but you don't you're ready and prepared so that you're not immediately like, well, you don't care. <laughs> right. It's the the anger, like even if you're angry, even if you're hurt, being willing to take that and think about it and give it some time to marinate and look at it 
instead of having that, you know, initial reaction, wait, you don't care, you're not listening, and reacting so that 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 situation becomes more difficult, right? Like you don't want to open up again, they don't want to open up because they might, you know, feel attacked. And it just makes that whole situation painful for everyone. But instead, you know, being able to come to a situation like, hey, big bro, I'd really like, not that I said I'd really like you to come. That would be a new step. That's something for me to consider next time, expressing clearly that I want him there, right? But hey, you come into my birthday? And he's like, nope. Yeah, there was a bit of a a, mo- a second there like, okay. Of course, he didn't say nope. It was okay. I guess he's not coming <laughs> as we sat down to dinner and he did not arrive. <laughs> so, you know, in that moment, I could have been like texted him or I could have marched my little self over there and been like, what the heck, dude? And not that that conversation is not something that would not have been appropriate, but just in that initial, you know, situation, I didn't want to, I wouldn't have wanted to react that way. And actually, since my boyfriend does not listen to this, we'll keep this between us. (laughs) This is a good example of something, you know, that happened between him and I the other night. And I was very happy with some of the self-coaching that I was able to do um, in that situation because I've not always been, you know, sometimes I can't or sometimes I start coaching myself without, you know, allowing the situation. So again, (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm being honest with you, it's a practice. I'm not perfect at this stuff myself. But I had a good experience the other night with a maybe more negative experience with him. You know, I told him something that was important to me. I actually, you know, was sharing TikTok videos with him about ADHD, which, you know, I've said before, when I was first diagnosed with it, I just did not agree with it at all. And I was like, I don't, I don't understand where that came from. I don't have this. But the more I learned about it, and yes, part of that was through, believe it or not, TikTok, there was just so much that I learned that was exactly on point with my own thoughts and behaviors that I was like, I can't believe that I didn't find this out sooner in life. (laughs) And, you know, I realized that some of the other things that I had been struggling with were probably actually coming from not having that diagnosed and not having the appropriate, you know, skills and coping skills and techniques in place. But so I tried to share some of that with him and he hates TikTok. He's got all his own reasons and he just won't have anything to do with it even to the point where he was like, I'm not watching that. And I, and I said, look, I, I really think this, this is not about TikTok. This is about these specific things. You know, I think they'd really help you understand me and, you know, and help us communicate better and help you kind of understand some of the behaviors and the, the things that, that I try to explain to you and I'm not really able to. For me, that felt very important that, you know, if he can understand me better, we could communicate better, we'd be closer And I I didn't get to get into this part, but the part that he would probably be interested in is that he's actually, you know, really insightful and helpful sometimes. (laughs) And I think, you know, that if he had that information, that would improve his ability to help me in some of these situations. But he just would not even think of it, would not even have the conversation. And I was like, what, and I was like, well, I thought the videos would work because they're very short. And I know you're not going to read and study a bunch about this. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that either. So, you know, he, that for whatever his reasons, was very adamant that he's not going to, at this time, at least, 
I mean, probably, he, he kind of <laughs> insinuated that it may be ever, but at this time, he's not interested in learning more about ADHD and, and how it manifests in people, in people, right? Because it felt very specific at the time, like he was saying me. You know, that was very hard in that moment because I put myself out there and I, I thought this was very important for understanding me. And so, yeah, my brain was having the thoughts like he doesn't care. He doesn't want to understand me. You know, he's not willing to do this thing that I'm expressing is important to me. And so I had those thoughts. And it was, you know, again, not something that would always happen. But I was actually able to sit with that and then to notice when my mind started going, going further and making it even more dramatic. Um, I realized that the first thought, which was behind it all, he doesn't care about me, is a bit dramatic um, in and of itself because, you know, we've been together over 12 years now. Obviously, he cares <laughs> on some level. Um, but I, I was able to notice the, the catastrophizing or the going further starts. You know, he doesn't care about me. And, you know, he doesn't care about what's important to me and just like really wanting to dig down into it. And sometimes I do, right? I'm a human being. I get my feelings hurt. I get down in it. But I was able to see it because of the practices that I that I have done and many, many times failed at. Just to be like, oh, okay, my, my, my brain's you know, wanting to spin this out worse than it is. And so I just noticed that, but I didn't go with it as we talked about, right? I'm just noticing that my brain's doing it. So then I was able to come back to, you know, the fact that I thought in that moment, even though I knew it not to be true, I thought in that moment that, you know, he doesn't want to understand me and that means he doesn't care. It was painful, that thought, even though I knew that I was holding that thought, but I was able to sit with that and also kind of see that, you know, I don't understand why he's looking at this differently than me, but obviously he is because he does care about me. Even though it was painful and I I was like, I can't see a reason for him not to do this. I can't understand his point of view. And it right now it's very painful. And it, you know, the only thing that my brain is, you know, able to see right now is that he doesn't care, or at least he doesn't care about this thing that is important to me but I was able to leave it at that like I said and just see that it was trying to get worse and not go with that but just watch it and just sit with how that felt and knowing that even though it was it was painful that he was a different person and he didn't have to see it the same way that I did and like I said that was not like an immediate it's fixed it's over I'm not hurt but it gave me the ability to not let that situation become even more painful than it already was. And so I was very happy that I I didn't run away with catastrophizing and the making everything worse because I often can in very emotional situations. And, you know, I was able to sit with what I was thinking and feeling and be with just that. And then also later, you know, able to start working on that and my thoughts around that so that I could you know, broach the conversation again and start talking about it in different ways. And we've had nothing specific on that, but we've had a few really good conversations since then because, you know, I wasn't afraid to open up to him and try again because I knew that 
he wasn't trying, even if it felt in that moment like a rejection, that he wasn't trying to reject me and that we were just completely, our brains were just on completely different thought patterns about that particular instance. And again, that can be hard. It can be hard when you, especially when it is like a partner situation. I mean, he and I have been together for this long because we're in sync and because a lot of things work really well together and having us not be on the same page about something can feel scary and painful right there was probably a part of my brain that was thinking that that was some huge flaw that was going to cause problems and the whole relationship was going to end again was able to just see when the brain was going in that direction and just observe so that I didn't go with it and just coming back to you know what was really happening in the moment is that we were not seeing something the same, and that was painful to me. You know, that was not as quick and as instant. Like I said, there was a whole lot more pain, and there were negative thoughts, unlike the situation with my brother. And just sharing that with you guys, obviously, I, I want you to see the tools and see how, you know, how they can work, but also how it, it's a process, right? The situation with my brother, it was almost just automatic, like boom, boom, boom. We're different people. It's okay. I love my brother. He loves me. I enjoyed my birthday party, didn't worry about it anymore. The The situation that I had with my partner and that, that was a bit painful. It took some time to work through. I didn't, even though I, you know, did see and I was like, obviously, we're just on different wavelengths. It didn't immediately just be like, okay, so that's great. <laughs> There's no problem here. We love each other. Everything's great. It didn't immediately take me there. It was something that I still had to work on. And then, of course... I don't have a specific example right now, but there have been times where, you know, I left an argument or left a disagreement with him and was like online, I've got to find a place to live. This is over. This is not going to work. <laughs> he hates me. I'm going to be out of a home and, you know, the ultimate catastrophizing. So if I can have all three of those different experiences as a coach, as someone who uses the tools all the time, you can as well. It's not about being perfect. It's about progress. And I know in both of the situation that was just like automatic with my brother and the the situation where I was able to use the tools and it didn't eliminate my life experience because we don't want to do that, but it made that situation less painful than it could have been with my partner. So, you know, that was helpful to me. And even times when it doesn't work, still, I'm human being, <laughs> you know, eventually I was going to be able to breathe and get perspective and work through it. But it happens at, at different stages. But the reason I can, you know, have those other two experiences and not just always be reacting and then you know, like, okay, it's a new day, I'm push that away. And then it blows up again is because I practice these tools. I practice that that mindfulness, right? Being present with what I'm actually feeling and watching and just noticing if my, my brain tries to make it more than it, um, but not engaging with that and, you know, practicing mindfulness, practicing self-compassion. Like, this is hard and this sucks, but I've got my back and I'm going to be okay. And, you know, supporting myself through that so that I could have a moment so that I could have the support I needed and so that I didn't have to, you know, I didn't feel like I had to immediately react 
based on those emotions. So all those things come from these practices. And then you, you know, you put the thought work on top of that, where I had the underlying support of thoughts like, you know, I can take care of myself, I can support myself. I I know that my brother loves me. I know that my boyfriend loves me. And I know that I love me. So I had that support there in the background because I've been working on it. I've been doing the work. You know, I'm happy to be able to share vulnerably a bit of these different tools and and how they've benefited my life and, and how I'm using them every day. And, you know, it's builds that confidence that we talked about before of of knowing that you can handle things, you know, even if there might be varying levels of pain or time that it might take, you know that you have the tools and that you will figure it out. And that gives you the confidence to face these things or, you know, to be vulnerable and open in relationships. And, you know, when you can do that, and Mark and I talked about this as well, the more you can love and support yourself and be yourself the more you you know can allow other people to do that as well and then you know you you feel good because you're confident and authentic you have a good relationship with yourself and now you also have you know a deeper connection with this other person because they've been you know allowed to be vulnerable and you have been vulnerable and you're both connecting more authentically so it's a really great benefit to your life all around to, you know, use these tools for yourself, your own personal self-confidence and and self-love and your relationships with others. And I know we've talked about that in several different episodes. You can go back and check those out. But again, just sharing a little bit more of of my life and, and my personal experiences with these. So I hope that you have found that helpful. And if you would like, you know, more information on working with me as your coach, so that you can apply these tools to your actual life, you know, click on the the connection call link in the show notes and schedule a little time for us to talk. I hope that helps this week as you go about your regular day. And I look forward to, you know, sharing more with you again in the future. 